0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the RevolutionaryWomen.fm podcast. I am your host Claire Yosa, author of Ditching Imposter Syndrome and in today's episode we're moving on to step 4 of the 7 C's which is all about connection and today I want to talk about how to handle our fear of haters and trolls. So the show notes you need for today's episode are at revolutionarywomen.fm forward slash episode 005. And there are what I hope are going to be some great resources there for you to, to deal with this. Now, the power of connection. This goes beyond networking. This goes beyond email newsletters. This is the power of deep connection with others to mean that they will get on board with your vision for the difference you want to make in the world. Because if I've learned anything in my decades as a passionate world changer, it's that you cannot change the world on your own. And the deeper our connection is with others, the more likely they are to support us on that journey. We found, for example, when I was co-leading the EU VAT action campaign, that we had thousands of micro-businesses across the world, predominantly in Europe, who were taking massive action when we asked them to, from writing to their members of parliament, to going and visiting them, to having meetings with people in government. And it took the action of those thousands of people focused on what we were asking them to do to finally get the law changed. That connection we had was deep and powerful and strong. It meant we had to be visible. So Juliet McKenna, my co-leader and I, we had to get over our fears (laughs) of going visible. We had to work with the media. We had to work with anybody who would listen to what we had to say. And we had to have total clarity, confidence and passion in our message. And we learned very quickly that when you want to communicate that message and you want to inspire others to take action, bearing in mind we'd made the decision early on, the campaign was going to be run from a place of hope and courage, not fear and blame. You need to make that communication crystal clear and really, really simple. We might have a list of five things we needed people to do, but in each interview or in each speech we gave, we could only talk about one because people are so overwhelmed these days. But the deeper your connection is with people, the more likely they are to press pause on their daily life and listen to what you have to say and then even take action on it. Now, the thing is, there are a number of things that get in the way of us connecting. When I ran the 2019 imposter syndrome research study, Then one of the things I found was that a symptom of imposter syndrome is what we call people pleasing, where you say yes when you mean no, and you volunteer for things that aren't really your role and you maybe don't have clear boundaries. The other side of imposter syndrome is, well, I don't want to bother them. I know everybody's busy. I won't ask. Which is why dealing with imposter syndrome is so key when you're a revolutionary woman. That's why, if you've not got it yet, Ditching Imposter Syndrome is the book you need, according to readers. Clearing out that imposter syndrome so you don't get in your way is absolutely vital. The other side of this is potentially the fear of visibility. So it's very easy to go off and become a crusader on your own to feel it's your responsibility, to feel that you're alone. But this creates a number of problems. It causes us exhaustion and burnout. It means that we make a much smaller difference because we can only influence our direct network. And it keeps us playing small because we're doing it all on our own and we don't have to face the risk of rejection from others when we ask them for help. And the fear of being visible which is a key part of connection and standing for something can get in the way of the difference we're really here to make. So how to handle your fear of hater and, haters and trolls, okay? We can be scared of being visible because we're naturally shy or we can be scared of being visible because of the fear of criticism and rejection from the wider tribe. Now, when I wrote Dare to Dream Bigger a few years ago now, One of the things that really stressed me as I was writing the book was the fear of haters and trolls. I knew it was going to be a great book. I knew it had been edited, had fantastic feedback from beta readers, but the world has changed. There is this thing out there now called the internet where people can anonymously pretty much post feedback they would never say to your face. If you're in a corporate environment, as company politics. Those water cooler conversations where maybe somebody is sweet as pie to your face and behind your back they're saying stuff that really really hurts. Yeah people have got their agenda. So I had to really work on my fear of haters and trolls and I was really fortunate because co-leading the EU VAT Action Campaign And knowing that if we didn't do what we'd promised we would do, then tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of micro-businesses risked closing, really helped us to get over our fear of haters and trolls. One of the things we decided early on in the campaign is if we got press coverage, we would not read our own comments. So we always had somebody else in the team nominated to read the comments on that particular piece to let us know if there was somebody in there offering to help, and to let us know if any of the trolls had valid points. So that was a practical strategy, but it didn't really deal with the deeper-rooted fear. So in today's episode, I want to teach you my five-step process that I normally only share with my one-to-one clients and my Ditch Your Imps members. You can find out how to join us at syndrome.com forward slash join. I normally only share it with them, but I want to share the overview of how to do this with you today in case your fear of haters and trolls is what's getting in the way of you stepping up to make a bigger difference. So step one of this five-step process is coming back down to earth. You see the hater, you see the troll... Of course, it's going to fire off the fight, flight, freeze mechanism, that sympathetic nervous system we've talked about before that's going to flood the body with cortisol, adrenaline, other biochemical reactions that are less than beautiful. And it's going to start triggering those emotions of fear or anger or frustration or resentment. You need to come back down to earth to press pause on that. The A, B, C that we've talked about, accept, breathe, choose. Now, accept in this context does not mean pretending that the trolling is okay. It means accepting that the trolling has happened. That gives you your pause to be able to then do the breathing, that deep sighing breath and then the belly breathing. That means that you can reset your nervous system because when you are in that high as a kite, freaked out, I've just been trolled, that really hurts state, it's really hard to think clearly. So you need to get grounded. It's about coming back down into your body and out of your stress head. So the A, B, C, accept, breathe, choose. The C is choose a thought that makes you feel better. Okay, which in that circumstance might be just thinking about the three positive things that somebody said to you today instead. So that is step one is pressing pause on the mind story dramas and fears that kick off when we are trolled. So step two is it's not really about you. So don't make it personal. Yeah, people say some pretty horrific things online. It really is not okay. And I'm hoping that one day very soon legislation catches up with technology. But there's a phrase from the Native Americans. All criticism is born of someone else's pain. All criticism is born of someone else's pain. That does not make the criticism okay. That does not mean that you should be doing the spiritual bypass, compassion overload and suddenly going, oh, don't don't worry about trolling me. That's fine. You're hurting inside. What it does mean is this is not most likely about you. Happy people do not troll. The trolls are people who are stuck in that horrible negative energy. And if they are criticizing you like that, imagine what their self-talk is like. I do not tell you this to insist that you suddenly go out there and hug a hater, okay? (laughs) What I'm suggesting is that it gives you the perspective to realize it's not personal. It's not about you. It's about them. So one of the things that happens in imposter syndrome is I define it as the fear of others judging us the way we are judging ourselves. So imposter syndrome is the fear of others judging us the way we are judging ourselves. When you throw a troll or a hater in, there's some pretty hardcore judging going on, and that can really fire off imposter syndrome. So this is why for the five step handling haters and trolls process, step one is get grounded, calm the nervous system, calm those negative self-talk thoughts. Step two is realize it's not about you. Get your perspective back. That one troll's comments, it does not mean that you're a bad person. It does not mean that they are right. It does not mean it's even about you. It simply means that something pressed a button that was there inside them waiting to be pressed. It gives you back your perspective and it gives you back your power to choose how to feel and how to respond to their behavior and their attack. Step three is how to spot the hidden gems. Now, this is a really tough one, but it's really valuable because sometimes that trolling actually contains some truth. Sometimes not. Sometimes it does. And it's really useful to be able to figure out whether it does and to go and do something with that. So I use the woolly jumper test. My granny, when I was at uni, I was up in Sheffield and I was vegetarian, and she was convinced that I would be constantly cold. She lived down in Hampshire. So every year she would send me a beautifully knitted woolen jumper. I don't know if she knitted it herself or if she bought it at the church fete. And it was always a great fit for a six-year-old and I was pretty skinny in those days as 18-year-old girls can be but I still couldn't get those jumpers on and I would keep them out of obligation and guilt and eventually I'd find a charity shop or equivalent to give them to but I had to try them on for size to see whether or not they fitted now the the feedbacks the feedback I'm using air quotes here (laughs) from the trolls is like that woolly jumper try it on for size does this fit if I'm being really really honest with myself is there truth in this if not take it off give that jumper away let it go if however there is a nugget of truth in there there is something that you think actually yep they've got a point and I do want to do something about that then go and take the action and then let them go so it's finding the hidden gems, trying it on the size. Does this opinion actually have a point? Is it something I can work with? Is it something that might be useful? And that's the most challenging thing about trolls is being able to discern the difference between feedback that is just a rant. <laughs> and feedback that actually might have a point. That takes real courage, and I'm really proud of you if you're going to go and do something with that. And then you must make sure you do step four of my how to handle haters and trolls process. Cutting ties and letting go. Nobody has the right to abuse you. It is completely okay to have boundaries. Now, depending on who this hater and troll is, you might need to have a difficult conversation. If there's somebody you can't avoid, you might need to actually sit them down, do that step one, getting calm and grounded, have that one thing that you want to say to them. Remember, when people are stressed, which they will be because trolls don't like being confronted, you're going to trigger things like the backfire effect where they try and defend themselves. You might need to have that conversation saying, look, we need to set behavioural boundaries here. Yeah, get yourself the support you need for that. It takes courage, but it can create breakthroughs. And don't be attached to that person actually changing. But when you set the boundaries once, if that behaviour comes up again, you can just refer them back to that boundary conversation and say, look, I'm happy to talk to you about this, but only when you can be civilised. Only when we can have the discussion with compassion. So step four is closing that file, letting go and moving on. And even if you can't move on from the person, move on from the behaviour and the trolling. And it's imagining that there's an invisible cord linking you to that person that at some level means you've given them permission to live in your head rent free because we're probably telling ourselves stories about what they've done and what they've said and trying to decode their motivations that probably weren't consciously aware for them. It's about taking a pair of scissors, imaginary scissors, and cutting that energetic tie and cutting it with love, not with anger and hatred. So that you are saying, you know what? I do not give you power over how I feel. I do not give you permission to live in my head, to have influence over my mind story dramas. You did this. I've done the woolly jumper test, it doesn't fit or it does fit and I'm taking action and now I'm letting it go. And as you imagine those imaginary scissors cutting that tie between you with that power of love and letting go, allow yourself to imagine you're reclaiming your power to choose how to experience life. So that is step four. And you might want to say to yourself two little mantras as you breathe in it's okay, I'm here now. Bring yourself back into that present moment, breathing in, it's okay, I am here now. And as you breathe out, I let it go. And then step five, life after trolls. When you are naturally resilient, and I do not mean bounce back from brown stuff resilient, I mean that you are immune to other people's foibles and behaviours and whatever it is we want to call that stuff, when you can go through life knowing that you are good enough, knowing that you are behaving with integrity and with compassion, then the trolls don't have the weapons to get to you as much anymore. So the life after trolls is actually about you building up your natural resilience. Things like the strategies that I recommend in Ditching Imposter Syndrome for building up your genuine inner confidence so that you can become more of who you really are and not, take, not have the masks that so many of us wear so that there is less to criticise. But also when people do, it's easy for you to look at it and go, that's just ridiculous. That's them. That's their stuff. That's not me. One thing you can do is learn to accept compliments So if we're running a pattern like imposter syndrome, then it's very easy when we get a compliment to go, oh yeah, thanks, but, and then start listing our faults. (laughs) I see this so often, particularly in the corporate world, particularly with women. If you learn to start accepting compliments from others, you're starting to learn to accept compliments about yourself. There are strategies in ditching imposter syndrome, including the celebrating the micro wins and various other strategies in steps four and step five that help you to do this. But step five of handling haters and trolls is becoming more immune to them, having that natural, true resilience. As I say, not the bounce back from the brown stuff resilience, but the, this doesn't phase me. This is not about me. I'm letting this go. It's not even going to have permission to hit my radar. Building that level of true, grounded confidence means that the haters and trolls don't get to you in the same way. So remember from previous episodes, one of the techniques you can use here is my flinch factor training. So if the thought of being visible and connecting more and going more public with your message is making your body contract, that flinch, make sure you have gone to revolutionarywomen.fm forward slash flinch. To get your copy of that training, it's yours as my gift. It gives you a strategy that's not appropriate to teach on a podcast because I know lots of people are listening while they're driving or cooking, and it it requires you to close your eyes and do some visualization. Not ideal with a steering wheel or a knife in your hand. RevolutionaryWomen.fm forward slash Flinch. And if listening to today's episode has made you think, you know what? I'd really like to work with Claire. I'd really like to find out more book a call. I'd love to chat. ClaireYosa.com forward slash call. We'll grab a cup of tea and find out how I might be able to help you on your revolutionary women journey, clearing out imposter syndrome, getting that clarity, confidence and passion behind your revolutionary women journey and message. And I would love to hear from you. So today's resources are the Flinch Factor Training, revolutionarywomen.fm forward slash flinch, Booking a call with me, claireyosa.com forward slash call. Ditching Imposter Syndrome, the book, available from all good bookstores and Amazon. Not that that's not a good bookstore. Gosh, that didn't come out quite right. And also Dare to Dream Bigger, where there's a whole section there on the power of connection to help you to change the world. And I'd love to hear from you. How do you think connection helps us make a bigger difference in the world And what are your top tips for connecting with those who can get excited about your Revolutionary Women journey too? Show notes over at revolutionarywomen.fm forward slash episode 005. And next week, I'll be back with episode six, which is all about creativity and the difference between busyness and inspired action. Not to be missed. (laughs)